Hi, I want to tell you about a white paper that's been published by Value Capture. It's titled Pursuing Habitual Excellence, Sutter Health. So in the paper, uh, it talks about how Sutter Health designed a new primary care process and encourages learning, experimentation, and continuous improvement. To download the free white paper, you can go to www.valuecapturellc.com slash Sutter. That's S-U-T-T-E-R. Welcome to Habitual Excellence, presented by Value Capture. This podcast in our firm is all about helping you and your organization achieve habitual excellence via one unifying focus, one value-based structure, and one performance system. In other words, it's about helping you capture dramatically more value through achieving perfect care and perfect safety for patients and staff. To learn more about Value Capture and our services, visit www.valuecapturellc.com. Hi, I'm Mark Rabin, and we are joined today by John Colladora. He is a client advisor with Value Capture. John, how are you today? I am good. Thanks for having me, Mark. So we're talking about you know a topic I know is important to you, and um, you know it's always good to start with the why. Um, so you know, I guess the first question is, why is this idea of sensitivity to operations such an important trait for highly reliable organizations? Well, really in the pursuit of eliminating harm, uh, this is such a key aspect of that. When you, when you focus on operations, the, the care delivery process, the, the value added process, um, that, that there's so much complexity within that. So to focus on that really is the key part of our journey to zero harm, eliminating harm to patients, eliminating harm to our employees um, within the operations themselves. So, and, and those are important whys and important goals. Um, so let's let's delve maybe into the what. I mean, what what does this phrase or this trait sensitivity to operations mean to you, John? You know, as I think about this, uh, it it starts with the front line. Uh, it starts, you know, in, inherent in the sensitivity to operation are the people. Uh, there's the processes, the, there's the equipment and the supply. So the unwavering support of the front line. There's the problem solving aspect. So, so as we start to see elements uh, of harm, uh, situations that could lead to harm, applying the scientific method. And within healthcare, the scientific method is, is a cornerstone. Uh, of patient care, and it's really starting to take that and, and bring it into the environment of care, uh, applying it to those systems within operations, and then also not not just the scientific method to solve the problems, but also sharing the best practices, sharing the learnings uh, that that are found within the process of problem solving, and then lastly, concern with the unexpected. So understanding. What are those? What are those factors that lead to harm, and how can we make those more visible, make those more top of mind, so that we we can see and, and start to predict the unexpected. And, and and so I'm curious to hear your thoughts of you know how how do we operationalize um, this this trait? I mean, like my my first thoughts from what you've said, you know, I think of connections to um, lean management of the idea that leaders shouldn't stay isolated in their office, that they, they, they should be present at the front lines and, and have a respect um, 
for, for, like you said, the value added work, the care delivery, and instead of maybe viewing, you know, the, the, the organization from a strictly financial perspective or viewing the, 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 the organization as, as an org charts or a strategy um, operations is, is really critical, right? How, how do you see that? Um, how do you see that on a, on a daily basis? Well, and, and that's such a great point, Mark. And, and the beauty of starting with safety, uh, one is that it's unwavering. Who can argue with not focusing on safety? Who wants to be the, the person who says, well, we can, we can be good enough with safety versus eliminating harm? So the concept that, that you brought forward of the leadership support to this, one is leaders create the, the space and the capacity to be able to focus on this because it is complex. And they do that by not just, not just talking about the current state as designed or as perceived, but as experienced and, and as viewed by getting out and, and going to the front line, going, going to Gemba and seeing what's actually happening today what's actually happening on, on the shift today, because the, there's so many different variables that, that the frontline team members have to deal with. There's so many decisions that, that they're trying to deal with. So understanding the complexity and helping them think through, how do I address that? And, and starting with supportive standard work. So the, the ability to know who does what and when is in, in the purest form of standard work, and then starting to create some predictability of how do we do our work, um, and that is the that is the basis. That is the start of improvement of having standards so that we can start to see where gaps to that standard exist, or or what barriers exist to that. What what decisions do we need to make to just follow standard work, and how can we reduce some of that complexity within the operations to be able to achieve it. Or what problems do we need to solve to return to the predicted outcome of the standard? So first and foremost, getting out um, of the office, getting out of the conference room, and then being able to observe and support the standard work um, of the pe- of the people, the care team members, as they're taking care of patients. Yeah. So how you, you mentioned standard work, and you know, I guess you know we're talking about lean concepts again. Um, how how did standard work and, and other practices like visual management or visual controls help from the standpoint of understanding operations and what's actually happening? Yeah, that's that's a great question, and I really think of visual management as one of those key parts of being able to predict the unexpected, having having the visibility to see what's going on. Uh, if you think about the, the, the world of care delivery or those support functions who, who are supporting uh, the, the, the care team members, th- there's a lot going on and a lot of decisions that are being made and it's easy to overlook some of the pro- problems that lead to harm, some of, the, some of the barriers in the day. So visual management, those visual controls to help see abnormality, to be able to help see variation, um, and, and even if we, making it visible through some of the run charts, through some of the charts to be able to see what is the level of variation, and then having a conscious response to that, knowing when do we react when we start to see that variation. Uh, it just helps to be able to put some processes and some visuals in place so that 
we don't have to be thinking about how do we care for the patient, but also are we getting to the right level where we need to react to something? It becomes easy to see when we start to experience that. And then by having a problem-solving process, a problem-solving methodology, which follows a scientific method, we can begin to address what are the causes of those. Um, so many times today, the uh, a problem might be contained, a problem might be addressed, but we, we don't eliminate the cause of that problem, which means the, the, the individual continues to experience it over and over. So having the visual management system to be able to see, having the process to be able to solve, um, and then lastly, sharing that information. Um, what problem did we experience? Maybe we can, if we share that, we can, we can get it out to another care team member. We can get it out to a different department or even a different entity in the, in the hospital system so that they can address it on their side before they actually experience it. Or whatever the solution um, to, the, to the cause was, they can implement that same solution before they experience um, you know, either the problem or the harm that, that it leads to. Yeah, and we, we've all learned from uh, our friend, Professor Steve Spear, who, who talks about, um, you know, see, solve, and share. See, see problems, solve problems, share what was done. And, and, and that seems to, to tie into the idea of, um, you know, sensitivity to operations and, and recognizing that things could go wrong. We share what we've done with different parts of the organization to, to, to give them a, a heads up and, you know, hopefully they can be proactive in, uh, you know, applying a lesson from an area where there was reactive problem solving and, and instead of, um, you know, hoping or assuming things will just kind of go, go well. Like there's, there's connections here. It seems like between sensitivity to operations and preoccupation with failure, it seems like it goes hand in hand. Very much, very much. That's right. So if we can use some of the visual controls with individual management system to, to see uh, problems uh, before they lead to an unintended outcome, and then to be able to share that so that others um, can, can either implement or, or build off of that approach before they experience an unintended or unfortunate outcome. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned problem solving. Maybe we can delve into that a little bit more at the beginning, you know, some people listening might hear about, you know, leaders um, becoming more aware of what's happening on the front line. And, and, and that problem solving doesn't mean that the executive then has to solve all of the problems. So how can, can you talk about how that model of problem solving um, works and, and, and who's engaged in that? You know, probably the best way to, to think about this is the, the leader as a coach, and in this case, a problem-solving coach. And, and as you mentioned, that doesn't mean that they take all the problems. You solve the problem as close to where the work is being done as possible. There, there may be some problems that, that need, the leader needs to help resolve. They might be um, outside of the, the, the span of influence or span of control uh, of a frontline team member. But many, many problems, especially as we talk about um, being proactive and in, in solving um, causes of harm before they become an unintended consequence, those causes can be solved by, by the team member themselves. So the, so the leader as coach, one is, can help them walk through the, the scientific method, help them to um, better articulate what the problem is, help them think through what could be causing it. 
Um, but another role of the leader can just be creating the space and the capacity of the, the frontline team member to be able to solve that problem. Can they, can they create some time or can they help them with their thinking so that the solution isn't overwhelming? The, the solution can be something simple that they can uh, implement within their daily routines and then share across to other team members. Uh, so the leader as a coach, I think, is a key part of this. And as you said, not the leader just taking every problem and becoming overwhelmed. And, you know, you talk about the leader as coach, um, you know, that that's a, a shift from, you know, as John Toussaint, our friend, Dr. John Toussaint calls um, white coat leadership of leaders coming in and uh, feeling pressure or thinking they have all, all the answers or feeling pressured to, um, you know, our other friend, Kim Barnes from, um, who had been at ThetaCare wrote, wrote a really nice book called Beyond Heroes. Um, so I was wondering, you know, if you could kind of talk about this shift away from heroic leadership to something, um, something that's perhaps better. And, and that's a that's a fantastic point of leaders thinking that that they need to have all of the answers. You know, leader, many leaders have been rewarded and have achieved their their position uh, by being good problem solvers but not thinking about it from the aspect of having all the answers to all the questions, but the process of problem solving. So shifting that mindset from, I need to know everything to what I really need to be good at is helping people think through and and apply the scientific method, apply plan, do check act or or plan, do study act. And, and that's, that's different. That's a different way of thinking, but it's so powerful and it can be applied in, in all aspects. You don't have to be a subject matter expert. You don't have to be someone that's led a particular team for years and years to, to be able to help them. Uh, what you need to be able to do is help them with, with their thinking and their approach to problem solving. So you're absolutely right. Leaders as, as heroes is, is different in this case to leaders as being able to bring forth and, and apply the thinking to problem solving. So maybe as a, a final thought, um, you know, it's it, it's always been an unpredictable world, and and things have been um, more unpredictable recently. But um, I was wondering if you could talk about um, you know methods um, or practices that can try to help create at least a, a greater level of predictability in an organization. You mentioned you mentioned visual management before, and I think there's there's a lot of aspects of visual management. We've talked about standard work, you know, having targets and, and understanding um, what that target is. It could be level of supplies. It could be target equipment that's needed, and a, a target is only good as as the situation. Understanding why we weren't able to achieve the target, why why the target needed to be different in a given situation. Uh, it is more important than the target itself. So there may be um, a staffing level that we think we need, but as a surge comes in, understanding what what precipitated the surge, what and then how did we react to it? That that thinking of why were we above or below our target? In this case, with a surge, we were probably above our target, and and going through that reflection will help us to be able to predict or to be able to see a similar situation coming in the in the future where we might need to change our target 
for a given for a given application. It might not be long term, but in a certain situation, and and that helps us to be able to react to the ever changing world by reflecting and then being able to apply that learning in a future scenario or situation. Well, great. Well, John, thank you for um, you know sharing a lot of great thoughts here about um, safety, leadership, um, the whys and, and the what's of um, sensitivity to operations. I mean, is there any final thought that you might want to uh, close things out with? You know, my experience um, with, with Lean has been both in manufacturing and, and now healthcare. And this notion of the pursuit of zero harm um, is so important. One is it, it's so respectful to our patients and our employees. Um, no one comes to work to, to be injured. Certainly no one comes to the hospital to be injured. You come to the hospital to be healed. So this notion of zero harm is so important to our patients and our employees. And, and the downstream benefits of per, the pursuit of zero harm is the quality improvements, the, the efficiency improvements, the, the engagement improvements. So I can't think of a better true north for an organization than zero harm. Well said. So um, again, our guest today has been John Colodora. He's a client advisor with Value Capture. John, thanks so much for being here today. I'm sure we'll be able to explore um, other topics in uh, future podcasts. I hope we'll do that. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for listening to Habitual Excellence presented by Value Capture. We hope you'll subscribe to the podcast and please also rate and review it in your favorite podcast directory or app. To learn more about Value Capture and how we can help your organization on this journey to habitual excellence, visit our website at www.valuecapturellc.com.